Hi, I'm Mandy Jack and I'm part of a team of academic developers at Swansea University who provide support and promote good learning and teaching practices and experiences. Welcome to A Pinch of Salt, Swansea University's learning and teaching podcast. If it has anything to do with learning and teaching in higher education, let's make sure everybody knows about it. If someone asked you what stage of life you're in, what would you say? Complicated, isn't it? It's the transitions of these stages that cause the most turmoil. There are so many aspects of our lives that can be affected. Physical, emotional, behavioural, social, confidence, self-perception, worries about how others perceive you, coping with stress and anxiety, coping with the embarrassment and sensitive symptoms, lack of control, tolerance levels, coping with feeling you are not understood and it's not acceptable to let things affect your work. I'm sure we can all identify with some of these things in one way or another. With any major transition in our lives, there's also the potential for feelings of grief and deep sadness in response to something that we've lost. We often associate grief with the loss of a loved one, but grief can also come with other transitions such as leaving university, losing a job, a divorce, children leaving home, menopause and retirement. And they all qualify as major life transitions. So grieving is a natural and expected response to any of these experiences. And it can leave you feeling like you've lost a sense of meaning or a sense of belonging. It can leave you feeling as though you've somehow flawed and different from others. And no matter what you do, you feel as though it's never enough. Today, we have the Reverend Mandy Williams and Colette Leloux. And they're here to chat to us about some of these changes in life and the impact that they can have on the individual and those around them and to share what help and support there is at university. So welcome to A Pinch of Salt once again, Mandy and Colette. If you could just say hello and tell us who you are and where you work. Hi, I'm Mandy Williams. I work in Campus Life Student Services as the Faith and Community Manager and the Lead Chaplain. Hi, I'm Colette Lelou and I've got a dual role at the moment. I'm AV Coordinator with the media team in ISS and I also work with Mandy two days a week for Campus Life. Thank you very much. So it's great to have you here again. And it's going to be a really interesting discussion. As I said in the introduction, there are so many transition in our lives and some of which are easier to deal with than others. Some come at you individually and others come in clusters. But you had a specific reason why you wanted to chat to us today, Colette. Would you like to share your thoughts with us? Yeah, sure. Oh, I think probably the last seven weeks for me have been <laughs> a cluster of traumatic events. My mum passed away. I turned 50. Both my kids have finished their education. Menopause. Symptoms have hit so much that I've, I've had to go to, I've been referred to the gynecologist. And I just felt all of these things, and it's been probably about six, seven weeks, so they've all happened within that space of time. And I'm not very quiet about things in life. So, you know, told people what was going on. And with that, quite a few colleagues approached me for not advice, but just to talk about their experiences with loss and menopause. And, and I thought actually this would be a really interesting topic because as you said, it's 
it's all the same sort of emotions that bubble up with all of this. So that's why I just thought it'd be really worthwhile to sort of open the door for people. Yes, indeed. You have had a lot going on, haven't you, all at once? And I think that's that's the problem that women especially have when when they're reaching that age of menopause is it is the time when things are changing drastically in their family life in their work life and it and it has a massive impact on everything that we do and I think that sense of bereavement whether you have lost somebody physically like that or like you have Colette or, or whether it's just that sense of loss because there's this massive change I know bereavement support is one of the services that is offered through Campus Life, isn't it, Mandy? Can you tell us a little bit about the service? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we offer a couple of things in terms of bereavement support. The one, one thing is the Students' Bereavement Support Group. That's been running now for about three years. And it's an open group that students can join at any time if they've suffered a bereavement. It's an opportunity for students to get peer-to-peer support which I think actually is really important you know we find that students obviously um, suffer bereavement and and by bereavement I'm talking about somebody dying you know regularly and as we as we all do and and sometimes it's really difficult for students when they've come away from home and they suffer a bereavement back at home whether it's a grandparent or a parent or sibling sometimes friends you know it can be really difficult for them to know where to go for support so the bereavement group has been a very welcomed addition I think to the services that we offer we've had some really positive feedback from the students who've attended that bereavement group Um, it runs weekly for an hour we are over the last two years we have been doing that over zoom but hope to get back into in person in the next academic year and it's run by myself and one of the well-being counsellors but the feedback we've had is really positive and I think the, the, the biggest benefit is other students recognizing that they're not alone and that there are other people going through similar things to themselves The other offer that we have is the one-to-one bereavement support, which is for students and staff. And that's part of our listening service. And of course, you know, that's open to anyone, again, who has suffered a bereavement. Yeah, it's a fantastic service. I mean, most of us would probably agree that going through a bereavement is one of life's most difficult experiences. But coping with it whilst you're at university, when you're away from home and loved ones, it can make it even harder to process things. It's a fantastic resource that we've got for students and staff can can use that service as well. They can use the one-to-one service. Unfortunately, we haven't got the capacity to run a staff bereavement group at the moment, but that is something ideally I would love to do because I think there's probably a need for that as well. But yeah, it's the one-to-one support is definitely there there for staff. And it's interesting, you're talking about transitions. It's quite often when students go home as well, you know, so they've come to the end of an academic year. They've managed their grief in a particular context within university life but then they have to go back and reconnect with other people who are grieving and as we all know you know grief is very personal and people grieve in very different ways so so that can be quite tricky as well yes absolutely and do you think different cultures respond to these life changes and grief in different ways and do we have varied support for that on hand? Definitely. I think, you know, people, depending on their context and their culture and where they've come from, will grieve in very different ways. Different faiths have different ways of marking bereavement as well. So it is quite a complex area, really. And we, you know, we do what we can to best understand 
the cultural context that the that the person is coming from to help them to to be able to grieve in in the appropriate way but that is tricky because because it varies hugely so yeah that's a constant learning curve for us i think yeah definitely and and having a really diverse population of both staff and students that can only help can't it and like you said we all deal with things in in very different ways yes absolutely so should we talk a little bit more about that triangle and menopause and grief and empty nest like we said it, it sort of just happens at the same time colette i know you've said that staff obviously come to you in your role I think probably because of my latest series of events, I'm probably talking with staff more. And it, obviously people are, you know, really kindly sort of, how are you? And I'm not really normally the sort of person to go, oh, I'm fine. And then walk off, you know, I'm sort of the person to say, well, actually I'm feeling a bit like this. And then it, it'll encourage other people to talk. And I think what it has what I have really noticed from these last, say, two months, the fact that you suddenly seem to have time on your hands. You know, I was sort of caring. My mum was, was quite old and I'd see her on the weekend and I'd take her shopping and, and all these things. The time that I've had 20 years of bringing up kids and caring for my parents. And now it seems within two months, my kids are like, well, oh, bye then. You know, can you pick us up or drop us somewhere? And... My mum's not around, so I'm sort of rattling around the house a bit, a bit lost. And this is a common, a common theme, I think, you know, uh, whether I've spoken to somebody who suffered a death or the kids have gone, it's, we all feel a bit sort of, oh, hang on, what about me now? You know, and, and I think the age and the menopause just adds another level of anxiety, I guess, you know, and loneliness and, and not really knowing who you are anymore, so... Maybe we should set up an empty nest group as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hormones are rebalancing at this time in our lives, aren't they? Everything's changing. And then, then your family starts to change as well and morphs into something that makes you, I don't know, really question who you are. Like you said, who am I? What, what's expected of me now? Where do I go next? And then, then they have children and then you're a granny and then it all starts over again. <laughs> <laughs> or a granddad. <laughs> I was sitting in the garden yesterday and I was looking, I love sweet peas and I'm growing my sweet peas. And um, I was sort of what, looking at them and I always marvel at the way they, they have to cling on to something to grow and to flower. And I was thinking, God, I feel a bit like somebody pulled the bamboo poles away from me at the moment, you know, so you're sort of reaching out for, oh, the, the normal to grow and to, to flower, but the normal's gone now. So I guess it's finding another bamboo pole or something else to cling on to, to, to carry on growth and, and development, isn't it? That's a brilliant analogy. Absolutely brilliant. I think you should write a sermon. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can just use that. <laughs> I love sweet peas too. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the whole hormone thing is so tied up with your kids because, you know, it's, it's all about being a, you know, for, for those of us who are fortunate enough to be parents, then it is very much about tying in that emotional energy and time into your kids, which you've done for ever since they existed. So that's for that to kind of come to the surface and come to a head all at once, I think is quite a toxic mix really. It's horrific. Yeah. It's quite difficult. I do remember when my daughter decided to go to Australia for, well, in fact, she went around the world, but she was going to stay in Australia for a few months. 
I was week 250 and the whole program in university that I was working on was changing at the same time. It was horrendous. I had just no idea where I stood anywhere, mm. you know? So what did I do? I started training for an Ironman. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we need that, don't we? I think we need some kind of anchor in our lives, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is, really. It's as long as there's something there that we can hold on to. And I think, I do think that, you know, once, once you get through that transitional period, because my kids have, have, have gone, uh, left home now, and you kind of begin to settle into a new routine, then it becomes an opportunity rather than a loss. And I think that's probably... A little way down the road, maybe, for, for where you are, Colette. But it definitely comes. And then you think, oh, actually, I've got this time for myself. What shall I do with it? The possibilities are endless. Yeah, but- yeah absolutely. And I think it's, it's knowing that you, you just have to redefine yourself, I think, and, and take those chances. I probably was a little bit extreme. And because of the state I was in, hadn't realised quite what I'd let myself in for when I signed up for an Ironman. But it did, as you said, Maddie, it did give me focus then and something to take, mm-hmm. you know, take my mind off the changes that were happening at work and house in my body. And it was, you know, a, a real lifesaver. It was that bamboo pole for me. Definitely, Colette. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Because I, I feel a bit, oh, I don't know, insincere. Because I have spent probably 20 years complaining that I never have any time to myself and that I'm always putting parents and kids first and you know you're sort of rushing from here there and everywhere supporting everybody and now I feel like I'm complaining because (laughs) I've got too much time for myself so (laughs) I suppose it's the balance of everything in life is always key isn't it Mm. but yeah it's a strange run in between I think I mean somebody said to me I'll take up knitting and I'm like no thanks no I mean I you know, it's just not me, but it, it's finding... But like, there is difficult. something there, isn't there? Something yeah. for you that you want to, that you will find that you want to do as well. And when I, when my son left home, we were into the pandemic about six months, but he decided he was going to go to university. And, you know, so I was working at home and, and I just found I had way too much time on my hands. I didn't know what to do with myself. And so, but I, I decided to, to, to do a master's so that I could kind of focus on something that would kind of challenge me and and give me something at the end of it as well so I've been really grateful for that opportunity to to do some academic study so that's been my thing that my focal point and that it's brought me it's certainly helped bring me through it and what I'll do at the end of that I don't know but you know now that I know I can this uh, the possibilities are endless I'm a bit of a butterfly so I do like to go from one thing to another because I need that stimulus so my yeah. husband did say to me, "What are you? What's next on the <laughs> on the horizon?" Because I think he gets worried when I get bored. And we're always changing and developing. Aren't yeah, we? I think it would be a bit of a sad state if we just stagnated and and got in the rut. And I think it's you know maybe sometimes things like this, big big moments in your life, whether bad or good, does does give you a bit of a kick to to address things. Which you know it's not not such a bad thing. We all need to change sometimes. And it, it makes me always think, you know, at this time of the year when students are completing their degree and they're coming to the end of their university life. And it, it reminds me of my daughter when she left university. She was actually grieving. She became quite ill. And at that same time, my boss had retired, but I still had a, a contact with both of them. So I would run with my boss and we'd have the same conversations. 
And then they both went to see a specialist and they both had the same message back about rebuilding structure, finding something that helps you keep structured if that's what you need in your life. And, and it, you know, it took time, but it was just amazing. I thought that you had this retired person and this young person who just left university and they were having those same feelings as each other. And I think, I think that's really important, isn't it? Structure. I think structure is important to everyone in, in different ways. I mean, some people can be more flexible than others, but I think we all need some, some framework within which to, to live our lives. And when that, when that goes, then that's a very uncomfortable feeling, I think. It's quite nice, isn't it, when you change your life because you want to. And I think that's a different, a different thing. You know, you deliberately put a plan in place to change your life. And I think when, when life makes a change for you without giving you warning, then it, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. got a different feeling. But I think I it's think... the loss of anything, isn't it? I feel with the menopause, it's the loss of fertility and youth. <laughs> for me, that's how I'm feeling at the moment. You know, the loss of my, my parent, it's the loss of the history. I, I was thinking the other day, I was, I was doing something online and it was time of birth. And I thought, I don't know what time I was born and I've got no one to ask, you know, and, and it's little things like that. And even with my daughter finding a boyfriend a few weeks ago, you know, she's now, oh, bye. So I'm sitting looking at Netflix series that we've been watching together. And I think, well, I can't watch it without her. And I'm a bit like, oh, you know, so it's just, that's it. It's loss of anything that you don't really want that causes you uh, the negative feelings. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what, you know, our students are going to be feeling like. Because I went to university as a mature student and I had friends who were in university for so many years. They did a master's, then they did a PhD, then they did a, a PG cert. And it's just, I'd like they were the eternal student and it was a, a, like something that was funny. And then you realise why now. It's because they were maybe didn't actually want to teach. They didn't know what to do next. So staying in that safe structure that they'd, they'd always had because they'd gone from school to university and then higher and higher until right now I do have to do something with my life. I do have to make those decisions. Yeah, the unknown yeah. is really scary, isn't it, for most of us. And, and change is, is something that probably, particularly change, as you say, that, that you don't, you're not anticipating that comes all of a sudden mm. is really, is really quite scary. I think that really, the, the really important messages about transitions is that they are transitions and that they don't last forever but that whilst you're in them it's really important to get the support to help you through them and I think you know for our students and staff I would hope that you know there is always somebody there that they can turn to for advice and support because just sharing how you're feeling going through that transition will help so you know I, I would certainly encourage that and I think then once you're through that transition, you can look back and you can see how far you've actually come and grown as well. Because I think I do think people grow through these experiences and learn more about themselves and build resilience. But that might only be through having support whilst they're going through the transition. Yeah, indeed. And I think that's, you know, that is the most important thing to remember, isn't it? So, mm. you know, the actual thing that's happened, whether it's menopause, whether it's leaving university, whether it's retiring, that's happened. You transition into that new way of, of living, of being, and then something else happens in your life. And I, and I think that's when you begin to feel more like you used to or, or a different 
different you. Yeah. No, I think you do go into a different you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also the more experiences you have, the more you can impart to other people how you, your coping mechanisms or even just being honest about how you're feeling. It helps other people, doesn't it? Absolutely. Are there any other services that we have in university that might be useful, do you think, that we could signpost to? The menopause group on Yammer is really good and it's got some practical and emotional advice and information. Um, also, the, you know, the staff wellbeing group do run, run different sessions around different topics, which staff are welcome to, to join lunchtime sessions. We're hoping to, to do an on bereavement, aren't we? And bring people in to talk about that. So yeah, but we'll start those again in September, October. And uh, again, for students, there's, there's quite a lot on my uni. Pages yeah, on there. my uni pages, you'll find all the student support services, you know, well-being, welfare, the listening service, bereavement support, connect project, as well as online resources like Together All. So yeah, there, there's a lot out there for students. We've come to the section where I'd like to ask you some salty questions. Could you sum up this time of your life in three words? Colette? Fusing, ultimately growth. Not quite there yet, but I think it will be growth and introspective. Oh, good word. Thank you. Very good word. Wendy? Yeah, I think I feel I'm in a different place to Colette. Partly, well, I mean, I haven't, I haven't lost my parents and my kids have moved already, moved away. The, the menopause continues to challenge me. But so I think in just to give maybe some hope as well to, to Claire is that yeah, sorry. I think, I think I'm beginning to feel more empowered by making choices for myself again. So empowered would be one hopeful and hot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking temperature or, whoa, she's hot. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> oh, a lovely note to finish on. I think we leave it there. Oh, well, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting to us today. It's been really valuable and an informative discussion with some great advice and support. And as ever, it's really good to speak to you both. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you.